5. Agriculture, Food Production, and Rural Land Use Unit Overview About 12,000 years ago, people living in Southwest Asia began to grow crops and raise animals intentionally. From the beginning of agriculture in that region, and later in a few other regions, agriculture diffused through the world. Since 1750, mechanization and the use of chemicals and research have dramatically increased agricultural productivity. The increase has allowed more people to work outside of agriculture, but has increased stress on the environment. Physical geography, economics and settlement patterns. What people have grown and raised has always been shaped by the climate, soils and landforms of a place. In addition, the types of agricultural products that the farmers produce, whether dairy or vegetables or grain, is heavily influenced by the nearness of the market. Farmers have also shaped the landscape by cutting down trees and draining wetlands. Improvements in technology has shifted the industry towards larger enterprises and greater interdependence. Changes in Opportunity Changes in technology and society influence how people produce and consume food. Since women were often in charge of cooking and food is increasingly prepared outside the home, women now have more flexibility. Chapter 12 The Development of Agriculture 12,000 years ago, everybody on earth was a hunter-gatherer. Now almost all of us are farmers or else are fed by farmers. Farming spread mainly through the farmers as outbreeding hunters, developing more potent technology, and then killing the hunters or driving them off all lands suitable for agriculture. Jared Diamond, Guns, Germs and Steel, The Fate of Human Societies. The essential question for today, how has the development of agriculture affected the spatial distribution of people? Hunting and gathering are the earliest known ways people obtained food to eat. They relied on these methods until about 12,000 years ago, around 10,000 BC, when they began to use agriculture. By the process by which humans alter the landscape in order to raise crops and livestock for consumption and trade. The evolution of agriculture has been punctuated by three great leaps. The first agricultural revolution or the Neolithic agricultural revolution was the origin of farming. It was marked by the first domestications of plants and animals. Much of the farming that took place during this time was subsistence farming, which is when farmers consume the crops they grow and raise, usually using simple tools and manual labour. The second agricultural revolution, which began in the 1700s, used the advancements of industrial revolution to increase food supplies and support population growth. Both revolutions benefited from the seemingly continuous innovations and mechanization. In addition, 
agriculture benefited from improving knowledge of fertilizers, soils, and selective breeding practices for plants and animals. The third agricultural revolution, which began in the 1960s, included the Green Revolution as well as agribusiness models of companies controlling the development, planting, processing, and selling of food products to the consumer. Centers of Plant and Animal Domestication The first agricultural revolution began in five centers or hearths. The first hearth was in Southwest Asia, East Asia, South Asia, Africa and the Americas. Agricultural Hearths Geographer Carl Saucer, writing in the mid-20th century, was one of the first to argue that agricultural hearths were interdependently established at various times and locations. He thought that the first hearths were located in areas with high biodiversity on the edge of forests. Animal Domestication Raising and caring for animals by humans for protection or food probably began when Central Asian hunters domesticated dogs. Later, agriculturalists in Southwest Asia kept goats and sheep. Plant domestication. The growing of crops that people planted, raised and harvested probably began after animal domestication. Saucer believed that the first peoples used vegetative planting, growing crops, using parts of the stem or roots of existing plants. Later, they began to plant seeds. Eventually, the people in these separate agricultural hearths began to trade with each other, thus creating an exchange of both crops and innovations. Major Hearths of Crop Agriculture Time period 10,000 to 12,000 years ago Location Southwest Asia, the Fertile Crescent Crops Barley Wheat Lentils, olives, oats, rye. Early diffusion pattern. North Africa, Southeastern Europe, Central Asia. Time period, 10,000 years ago. Southeast Asia. Crops, mango, taro, coconut. Early diffusion pattern. Southeastern Asia. Time period, 9,500 years ago. Location, East Asia. Crops, rice, soybean, walnut. Early diffusion patterns, North Central Asia, Korean Peninsula. Time period, 7,000 years ago. Location, Sub-Saharan Africa. Crops, yams, sorghum cow peas, coffee, African rice. Early diffusion pattern, Western Africa, North Africa. Time period, 5,500 years ago. Location, Mesoamerica. Crops, squash, peppers, maize, potato, sweet potato, cassava, 
Early diffusion pattern, North America, South America. Diffusion of the first agricultural revolution. The major hearts of agriculture led to the first urban centers. These first settlements grew into the first civilizations, large societies with cities and powerful states. Civilization brought increased trade, larger empires and conquest. As societies grew wealthier, people had time to specialize in their work and even develop new occupations and technologies. This led to the advent of the full-time metal worker, artist, soldier, weaver and other specialized jobs. Over thousands of years, agriculture spread widely and led to increased trade among cultures. The diffusion paths in the ancient world were somewhat expansive given the transportation technology of the time. For example, the great empire based in Rome that reached its peak around 200 CE carried on extensive trade in wheat and other agricultural products from present-day England to Africa to Southwest Asia. On the Silk Roads, the routes connecting Rome with China, people traded silk, rice and other goods. One of the most dramatic shifts in agriculture came after the voyage of Christopher Columbus in 1492. The Colombian Exchange was the global movement of plants and animals between Afro-Eurasia and the Americas. Europeans brought back hundreds of plants and animals west across the Atlantic Ocean to the Americas and took hundreds of plants and animals back east. Crops such as coffee, originally from eastern Africa, and bananas, originally from New Guinea, continue to thrive today in the tropical climates of the Americas. Temperate climate crops such as potatoes, originally from the northwest, southwest America, and maize, originally from southern Mexico, continue to thrive today in Europe, Asia, and Africa, as well as the Americas. Physical Geography and Agriculture Physical geography features such as climate, soil types, and landforms influence how people farm in a region. As agriculture and technology have progressed and advanced throughout history, so too have attempts by humans to alter the natural environment. Irrigation, terrace farming, deforestation, desertification and the drainage of wetlands have occurred as farmers try to increase production to feed an ever-growing human population. Wherever crops and animals live, they need water. Even cattle herders in the Sahel, a dry region on the southern edge of the Sahara, must have access to water. Nutrient levels in the soil have influenced the type of agriculture that takes place in a particular area. For example, cotton needs nutrient-rich soil, while sorghum can grow in nutrient-poor soils, in such places as tropical rainforests. Climactic differences influence the lat by latitude and physical geography can have a dramatic impact on what crops can be grown. Landforms can also greatly influence the types of agricultural activity in a specific place. The flatland found in large expansive valleys provides excellent landscapes for agriculture. In contrast, mountains, ridges and hills limit agricultural activity and often require more human inputs in order to make the land more useful for agricultural production. 
humans altering the landscape for agriculture. Ever since the first humans began to farm, they altered the landscape to their advantage. Things that people today consider natural, building earthworks, redirecting streams or removing natural obstacles were at one time innovations. Far from natural, these undertakings were fresh, creative solutions to challenges faced by the earliest agriculturalists. Terracing One of the earliest alterations that humans made to the landscape was terrace farming, in which farmers built a series of steps into the side of a hill. This creates flat surfaces which have several benefits over steeply graded hillsides. Planting, tending and harvesting crops is physically easier for farmers. The land collects rainfall rather than allowing it to run down a sloped hillside. The water helps sustain the crops. The reduction in water running down the hillside reduces soil erosion. However, if terraces are not carefully maintained, a heavy rainfall can cause disastrous and deadly mudslides. Terrace farming has been long used throughout the world. In East Asia, terrace farming is often used to grow rice. In Northern Africa, people often grow fruit and olive trees on terraced land. In South America, potatoes and maize are the main crops. Managing Water Irrigation is the process of diverting water from its natural course or location to aid the production of crops. Humans have used irrigation to increase food production and increase the standard of living for thousands of years. The earliest forms of immigration probably involved people simply carrying containers of water from a river or lake to pour onto the plants. But by around 6000 BC, civilizations in Mesopotamia and Egypt used organized strategies such as digging canals and earth creating earthworks to manage their water resources. Following these humble beginnings, irrigation technologies became more concentrated and more effective. In the 20th and 19th centuries, the successful use of large-scale irrigation contributed greatly to feeding the rapidly growing population around the world. However, creating irrigation systems can damage the local environment. When misused, irrigation can cause several problems. It can disrupt the natural drainage of water and reduce the normal regeneration of soils caused by natural flooding. It can result in salinization, increasing the salt content of soil, which can result in decreases in crop yield and soil fertility. It can pump so much groundwater to the surface that it causes the land to subside, the collapse of the land resulting from the removal of underground water that supports the surface land. Two regions of the United States use irrigation extensively. One is California, particularly the Central and Imperial Valleys. The other region, roughly from Nebraska to North Texas, that uses an underground water supply called the Ogallala Filter. People have also drained wetlands to provide more farmable land. In most cases, 
This rediscovered land is rich in nutrients. Increased farmland increases a region's carrying capacity, which is the number of crops or people that an area can support. However, a major drawback to draining the wetlands is the reduction of biodiversity, both in plants and animals. In addition, wetlands often act as natural filters that protect and promote surface water and groundwater quality. Clearing trees and other vegetation. <coughs> Deforestation. The removal of large tracts of forests have occurred throughout human history. Northern and Central Europe were once heavily forested. Now the region is mostly farmland and urban areas. Today, deforestation occurs mostly in Southeast Asia, parts of Africa, and most famously in the rainforest of South America. Cutting down trees can result in local problems, such as soil erosion, decrease in rainfall, and desertification, which is the transition of land from fertile to desert. <coughs> In addition, it can cause devastating global environmental change. In particular, the rainforest absorbs so much carbon dioxide that shrinking them leads to an increase in atmospheric carbon dioxide, which contributes to the worldwide climate change. Slash and burn agriculture in which all vegetation of an area of a forest is cut down and burned in place, is likely one of the earliest agricultural practices. The ash provides some soil nutrients, and the land can be farmed for a few years before the soil becomes depleted and the plot is abandoned. The plot then returns to a natural, if somewhat altered state, while the farmers move on to burn and plant in a new place. Because slash and burn agriculture requires people to move regularly, it is also known as shifting cultivation. On a small scale, this system is beneficial to humans and the environment recovers quickly. However, slash and burn agriculture on a large scale might seriously damage the environment. Rather than use fire, Farmers usually remove vegetation by cutting it down, pulling it out, or killing it with herbicides. On the Great Plains and the prairies of the United States, farmers removed all the tall prairie grasses in order to plant wheat and other grains. These new crops lacked extensive root systems of prairie grass. Without the strong anchor of roots, and with lack of rain and some wind, the valuable topsoil can simply be blown away. The worst period of this occurred in the 1930s and is known as the Dust Bowl. This era of massive soil erosion was one of the worst ecological disasters in US history. Recent trends. In the modern area, commercial agriculture in which farmers focus on raising one specific crop to sell for profit has increasingly replaced subsistence farming in which farmers focus on raising food they need to live. Increasing number of farming operations evolved from small enterprises owned by a single family into large-scale, capital-intensive businesses. This shift put more stress on alteration of the environment than ever before.
impact of the second agricultural revolution. The second agricultural revolution, which accompanied the industrial revolution that began in Great Britain in the 18th century, involved the mechanization of agricultural production, advances in transportation, development of large-scale irrigation and changes to consumption patterns of agricultural goods. Innovations such as the steel plough and mechanized harvesting greatly increased food production. The effects of technology. Advances in food production technology in the mid-19th century through the early half of the 20th century led to better diets, longer lifespans and increased in population. As population increased, so too did the pool for workers and industry. Since most of these industrial jobs existed in cities and new factory towns, mass migration to urban areas began to unfold. Urbanization, a process that is continuing today, changed the cultural landscape and population distributions throughout the world. Land usage and farming advancements. Paralleling changes in technology were changes in the law. The Enclosure Acts were a series of laws enacted by British government that enabled landowners to purchase and enclose their land for their own use that had previously been common land used by peasant farmers. Similar enclosure movements had occurred throughout Europe. Farms became larger, production became more efficient, producers raised crops to sell for profit rather than simply for their own consumption, and people were forced off the land, which created a workforce for the growing factories. However, the enclosures were not popular with everyone. People who lost their traditional way of life suffered greatly. Several advancements in sowing, reaping, storage, irrigation and transportation were made in agriculture throughout the 19th century. Ad early advancements in modern agriculture. The advancement, the steel plough, date 1819, the effect, reduced human labour, could break through harder soils, increase the amount of crops grown per acre, increased the size of farms. The advancement, mechanized seed drilling, date 18th century. Effect, planted and covered each seed quickly, resulted in increased yield per acre. McCormick Reaper, 1831. The effect, increased harvest, reduced human labor, reduced amount of crops that perished in the field before harvest. The Grain Elevator, 1849. The effect, increased storage space and food supply, protected harvested food from animals and the elements. Barbed Wire, 1870s. The effect, provided inexpensive fencing to keep livestock in grazing areas. Mixed nitrogen and nitric acid fertilizer, 1903. Effect, increased crop yields per acre. Agricultural changes and shifting demographics. The second agricultural revolution resulted in fewer, larger and much more productive farms. 
caused a decrease in the number of farm owners and even a greater drop-off in the need for agricultural labourers. By the late 19th century, an increased number of displaced farm labourers led to farmers and other rural residents migrating to urban centres in Europe and the United States. The 1920s US Census showed for the first time in the country's history that more people lived in urban areas than rural areas. Only 30% of the labour force worked in agriculture, less than half of what it was in 1840. The Third Agricultural Revolution Starting in the mid-20th century, science, research and technology generated a third agricultural revolution. It involved the dis development and dissemination of better and more efficient farming equipment and practices, particularly the area of vastly improved varieties of grain. The Green Revolution the advances in plant biology that began in the mid-20th century are known as the Green Revolution, the development of higher-yielding, disease-resistant, faster-growing varieties of grains. The biggest advancements were in rice-growing, corn and wheat. The Green Revolution allowed more farmers to double crops, growing one, more than one crop in a year and increased the use of fertilizer and pesticides in developing countries in Asia and the Americas. Countries such as India developed large-scale irrigation projects in order to make the most efficient use of their water resources. Hybrids Seed hybridization is the process of breeding two plants that have desirable characteristics. For hundreds of years, humans have been creating plant hybrids from local varieties available to them. However, the Green Revolution, scientists focused their attention on grains. Further, living in an increasingly globalized world, they had a much wider range of plants which to cross-breed than did local farmers. One example of hybridization is that in the 1960s, scientists created a new strain of rice. They used the long grain Indonesian rice and the denser grain Taiwan dwarf rice to produce a rice grain that was both longer and denser. The hybridization of these two strands of rice was introduced to rice growing countries in East and Southeast Asia. The chief architect of the Green Revolution was Norm Berlog, a microbiologist born in Iowa and educated in the University of Minnesota. His research was successful in turning Mexico from a wheat importing country to one that was self-sufficient and even had a wheat surplus. This transfer of agricultural technology during the 1930s from the United States to Mexico would serve as a model for the Green Revolution that would occur after the Second World War. This period of advancements in seed hybridization, chemical fertilizers and mechanization was the beginning of the third agricultural revolution. GMOs Hybridization differs from the production of a genetically modified organism or a GMO, a process by which humans use engineering techniques to change the DNA of a seed. These techniques were first used in the 1970s. 
GMO crops started becoming widely used in the, in the 1990s. Today, most corn, soybeans and cotton grown in the United States are GMO varieties. They have been developed to increase yield or to resist diseases or chemicals used to kill weeds or pests. While GMOs seem to offer benefits, many people remain cautious about their use, arguing that potential problems have not yet adequately been studied. Machinery In addition to using hybrids, chemical fertilizers and pesticides, proponents of the Green Revolution encourage the transfer of mechanical technology as well. Machinery such as tractors, tillers, broadcast cedars and grain carts were introduced to the beneficiaries of the Green Revolution in the developing world. The introduction of these agricultural technologies assisted in the production and challenged traditional labor-intensive farming practices that had been in place for thousands of years. Positive Impacts of the Green Revolution During the Green Revolution, global food production increased dramatically. The introduction of new seed technology, mechanization, pesticides, chemicals, fertilizers, and irrigation led to increased yields. More food led to reduced hunger, lower death rates, and a growing population in many parts of the developing world. Higher Yields Increased food production in the developing world was believed to have prevented a devastating famine in the early 1960s. By the mid-1950s, crop yields had increased without cultivating more land. The increased yields have kept up with global population growth, but experts debate whether agricultural production or population increases will be faster in the future. The Green Revolution was most successful in Latin America, South Asia, East Asia and Southeast Asia. Similar to what occurred in Mexico, India went from being an importer of wheat to harvesting a surplus of wheat within a few decades after the end of World War II. India's increased wheat output curbed hunger in the country. The result was high yields on relatively the same plots of land. Despite rapid population growth in these regions, during the mid-late 20th century, the increased crop output helped to starve off hunger and famine. By the second decade of the 21st century, the World Bank estimated that 80% of the developing world's population had an adequate diet. The UN Food and Agricultural Organization, FAO, in Rome, Italy, reported the following yield increases from 1960 to the year 2000. Wheat increased by 208%. Corn increased by 157%. Rice increased by 109% and potatoes increased by 78%. Money for research and businesses. The Green Revolution helped create high rates of investment in both public and private sectors. Using grant money from the government, universities in the United States and other developed countries undertook the basic research on seed hybridization, fertilizers and pesticides that were the basis for the Green Revolution. 
This research was then used by for-profit corporations to create market for the products that farmers used. So, while the Green Revolution benefited hungry people in poor regions, it also financially benefited universities and corporations in more prosperous regions. Food Prices Higher yields and increased production led to the falling real or adjusted for inflation food prices. The supply of certain crops, mainly wheat, corn and rice, became abundant through the mid to late 20th century and as a result led to lower prices. More food at affordable prices helped to ease the economic stress of hunger and famine on governments and economic systems in the developing world. However, starting in 2005, global food prices began rising. This might explain some of the political turmoil in the Middle East and North Africa. Negative Consequences of the Green Revolution Like all large and rapid changes, the Green Revolution had some negative consequences. Some of these were environmental damage, lack of sustained investment and a disregard for local needs. Much of the success of the Green Revolution hinged on human manufactured products such as hybrid seeds, chemical fertilizers, pesticides and fossil fuel equipment. While crop yields increased, they often did so at the expense of natural environment. Critics of the Green Revolution argued that it was not a sustainable system. Increased yields and the application of human-made fertilizers put a strain on the land. This intensive use of land or double cropping, coupled with more aggressive irrigation, led to soil erosion. In addition, intense land use and irrigation drained the land of its natural nutrients, which had to be supplemented with more human-made fertilizers. This made farmers more dependent on more artificial products. The introduction of these chemicals into the environment resulted in potentially hazardous runoff into streams, rivers and lakes which posed serious consequences to the local ecosystems, habitats and communities. Hazards included polluted drinking water, species extinction and health issues for the population. The transfer of technology from developed countries to the developing countries included machinery such as tractors, tillers and harvesters. These new technologies required vast amounts of fossil-based fuels. These petroleum-fueled machines increased air, water and sound pollution. Therefore, in order for the Green Revolution to succeed, it needed mechanization to keep up with crop production, thus resulting in further environmental stress. The Green Revolution's Impact on Gender Roles Many countries in the developing world participated in the Green Revolution had traditional economies. In a traditional economy, subsistence farming is the cornerstone activity of economics. Even though much of the farming labour is performed by women, men usually dominate societies based on a traditional economy socially, politically and economically. When the Green Revolution and its technologies were introduced to these countries, it was the men who usually benefited and who were given decision-making powers.
Men operated machinery and were educated on newer methods of farming. Women were often excluded from learning new methods. This further marginalised the role of women within many societies. Economic Changes Initial successes of the Green Revolution were a mixture of private and public investments. The transfer of farming technology relied heavily on private investment by corporations and public supported by governments. As results in production increased, so too did the cost of production. Machinery, seeds, fertilizers and pesticides became more expensive and the cost was passed on to the farmers in the developing world and organizations that helped to support these farmers. As profit margins decreased, many corporations began to curtail further investments in the Green Revolution. Without a clear financial incentive, their motivation waned. In addition to labour markets of less developed countries began to change. As with the second agricultural revolution, the Green Revolution allowed, or pushed, people from rural areas to move to urban areas in search of industrial and service sector jobs. The availability and relatively cheap labour also attracted many multinational corporations who moved manufacturing facilities to countries like Vietnam, China and India. Demographers predict that migration from rural to urban in the developing world will continue. In the future, the percentage of people living in cities will dwarf the rural population. The Green Revolution's Poor Success in Africa Unlike Latin America and Asia, Africa saw few successes from the Green Revolution. Reasons for the Green Revolution failed throughout the continent of Africa are both environmental and cultural. Africa has a greater diversity of climate and soil than other places, hence developing the right fertilizers proved to be very expensive. Africa has many regions with harsh environmental conditions. Insects, plants and viral strains proved to be extremely challenging to the Green Revolution technologies and researchers. Africa is so large and so lacking of sufficient transportation infrastructure that the cost of investment in research and the development of transportation were very high. Africa's staple crops such as sorghum, millet, cassava, yams, cowpeas and peanuts were not always included in research seed hybridization programs. During the period known as the Green Revolution, the world's population more than doubled. Most of the growth was in poor countries on the periphery of the global economy. From the mid-20th century to the 21st century, the continent with the highest population growth was Africa. Since that was the region where the Green Revolution had the least impact, hunger remained the greatest problem there than anywhere else. Today, nearly 30% of Africa's population has been affected by food insecurity. In response to the ongoing food problems in Africa, private foundations and governments are working together. They hope to develop a new Green Revolution there using updated technology. Geographic Perspectives Food Production and Population Density an old saying among historians is that the first law of human history is that a person must eat. Geographers focus 
on the needs of how people eat has shaped where they live and how they govern society. Before humans developed agriculture, they had existed as hunters and gatherers for tens of thousands of years. They lived in small mobile groups, maybe 30 to 40 people, who could move easily in search of food. Larger groups would surpass the carrying capacity of the respective regions. People survived by living in low-density regions. The development of agriculture allowed people to live in permanent higher-density communities. These communities were usually along rivers which provided a source of water. But rivers such as the Nile had another benefit. They flooded regularly, which spread nutrients across the land and contributed to soil fertility. Since this made agriculture more productive, farmers could support denser settlements and it freed more people to specialise in tasks other than growing food. People could dedicate themselves to building structure, providing protection and innovating new ideas and products.